every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's time time. for the Draft Dudes Podcast. What's better than this? Your hosts, the Draft Dudes themselves and co-founders of the Draft Network, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. Guys being dudes on the Draft Dudes Podcast. And it starts now. Guys, me and dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs. We're your host, Chris Schubert's here floating around producing this thing. We're brought to you by Bet Online, your number one source for sports betting needs. You will always find the latest team matchup info, player news, and game trends over at Bet Online. They feature live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Of course, you can find every sport. So head on over to betonline.ag to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just be sure to use our promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. It's Bet Online, and it's where the game starts. Kyle, a happy International Rescue Cat Day to you. Uh, Logan's a rescue cat. Had a feeling at least one of those felines were a rescue cat. Yeah, my mom found him in the parking lot of a farmer's market. Him and his brother. Little kittens. Brought what happened to the brother? Uh, so, fun fact. Uh, she, she, tr- my, my mother's probably rehomed 30 cats and dogs over the last 10 years, right? Including Logan, my cat. Um, and she put both of their pictures up and she, when she first got them on Facebook and she got like 20 replies and they were all asking about the long haired cat. Nobody wanted the short haired cat. The short haired cat was Logan. Hmm. So I said, mom, he's mine. I'm taking. Wow. And we've been special buddies ever since. Phenomenal. Special uh, buddies. They're fun. Christopher Schubert, any uh, cat rescue stories that we need to know about uh, from you? Well, I'm just surprised that you didn't pick the day that honors uh, the both of you. National Old Stuff Day here on March 2nd. <laughs> What's the doesn't cr- matter if you have one ass cheek and three toes. I will beat your ass. <laughs> No, look, the, the description of National Old Stuff is the opportunity to, like, clean out um, your garage or closet, uh, that type of stuff, declutter your life, um, which I, I did this past weekend. I did clean out the garage. Spent a good eight hours out there. Eight hours? Yeah, four hours Saturday, four hours How much Sunday, stuff yeah. do you have out there, Joe? Draft dudes do math. Um, a lot. Four plus four equals eight. He nailed it, guys. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Uh, yeah, we had a lot, man. We moved into this new house in January of 21. Um, maybe 20, I don't know. This is We just got here two years, so there you go. I, I did the whole... There's a timeout from Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I was just talking with somebody about this. The stuff that you went through was all stuff that you brought with you when you moved and you never took it out of the box? Yeah, it just sat in my garage. Just throw for two it out. Years. You already know you don't need it. Yeah, but it's not. You that's already not true. know you don't need it. It's, it's just gotta go. Some some of that stuff is like it's like keepsakes. You know what I mean? That's that was don't the care. stuff and like organizing still don't holiday care. decorations don't that my care. wife has accumulated. So it's more consolidating, getting rid of. But yeah, it took took me a long time, man. Got the freezer plugged in. You know what I mean? That's exciting. I'm not. I mean, send me some what's, meats. What's you know in what? your what? What's in your freezer right Currently, now? Currently, nothing. Um, but nothing at all. So you plugged it in. So now it's taking electricity and you yeah, don't have but you're supposed to, to, they're supposed to run. That's like the thing with free refrigerators and freezers. Like you're supposed to let them run. It's healthy for them. I guess. Chris, you to back him here. I, I, I can't back him because I've never heard this before. So no, yeah, I've, I've heard it. You're supposed to keep plugged in. Yeah. So we're going to pop, we're going to populate the freezer. Don't worry, boys. We're Chris, we're gonna... your, your, your house is your refrigerator. So why don't you crank that AC down a little bit from 79 or whatever you keep? It. Um, st- stand by. I'll tell you what it's at. Oh my God. Oh God. Oh, Joe over under what's his, what's his, what's his, uh, I, I was going will... to say 76. Ooh, I'll take the over. He seems like a 77, 78 guy. I'm going to be demoralized. If he's, if he's living in 77, voluntarily the current temperature in the house according to the thermostat down the hallway 63 degrees whoa whoa wow 63 
What, 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 you got to explain yourself there. I mean, well, there's, come on. Well, so the AC's not on. It's not running. We don't no have. No wonder you're sick. We don't have the heat on. And it's been cold here lately. It's been in the 50s and 60s. So I'm not surprised that it's 63 in here. Oh, well, you know what? I guess to be fair, it's it's what? 930? It is 923 in the morning as we are recording the show. Yes. Yeah. 11 more days and you'll be three hours behind again. That's exciting, right? That is correct. Yes. Yeah. He's Mr. Freeze Meister. All right, let's <laughs> is talk- there ice blue background, let's- 63 degrees. It is blue. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, not, that, that's not the lights. That's actually just the icicles forming in the... Uh- right, right. Ooh-wee. Right. So we're going to talk about the defensive players of the NFL scouting combine. If you're listening to this on Thursday, they do their workouts today, three it's o'clock wild, isn't it? Eastern time. What's that? It's wild, isn't it? They yeah, flip the like, whole thing around like this. And yeah, well, as it would turn out, it's not a good idea to ask these uh, young men to run a 40 yard dash at like nine 30 in the evening. And you know, it's not going to be when they're at their peak performance opportunity. So um, I think this is good for the players. I'm, I'm hopeful that participation is good. I'm always wanting guys to go out there and compete and get numbers on them. Can I what do a quick? On? Can I do a quick disclaimer and a, and a quick PSA for the show, Joe? Would you allow me that opportunity before? I don't know that I have the opportunity to say no. You so could if you wanted to, because I, I don't really have a voice, and so there's not really much I could do to fight it. Um, but I, I do believe it is in the best interest of, of the show to say that we are not going to comment on the Jalen Carter situation throughout the course of the show today. Like the, it, I know we're talking about the defense and I know that stuff's going to we are not going to get into the weeds on that because it is best to just let the situation play out and see how things go from here. So that's going what, to be what a, what a novel concept. Let's wait yep. until we get all information so yes. we can speak on something intelligently edu- with a, from a point of intelligence yes. and education. And that is the uh, the tack we are taking here on the show. So I just want to make that clear to everybody. We're talking about the defense today, but we, we Jalen Carter is not going to come up other than me mentioning it here to everybody now. Very good. All right, so we've got – we'll start with the defensive lineman. Um, and, and the name that immediately pops for me that I'm very curious about is Lucas Van Ness, the edge player from Iowa. I think I did a check the tape segment on him at some point here. Uh, really talked about the skill set and, and how intriguing he is despite not starting any games at Iowa. But I think this is where he's really going to be able to make some noise. I think he'll check in and, and measure very, very well. But it's going to be the athleticism that I think he showcases that's really going to have people buying into him as a potential first-round pick. And for his size to have the explosiveness that I've seen, we won't really see the power, but that's part of his game. But I thought he had some really good change direction, pretty good flexibility for his size. And so I think it's just a really meaningful data point for a guy like Lucas Van Ness, who's a little light on resume, but it's about buying in traits. Well, go show your traits athletically and your physical traits. And he's a guy that I think has a lot on the line this weekend. I guess the thing that I, I have with, and I haven't studied Van Ness in depth yet. You did the write up, right? Mm -hmm. The thing that I'm, I'm, I'm cognizant of is it feels like edge rushers is one of the groups where a good tester gets put into a stratosphere that far exceeds his on-the-field resume. And I know you like Lucas Van Ness, mm-hmm. but like where does Lucas Van Ness run the risk of getting overdrafted or having expectations go beyond the point of what sh- they should be rooted in based on his on-the-field work Yeah, because of his testing? Of course, but that's good for him. It's going to maximize his earnings potential. Of course, it's good for him. Maybe it has some expectations that come with it that maybe aren't likely to be reached early on in his career. Um, but yeah, I do. I, I am. A, I am nervous about that. But I. I think it's that that becomes the challenge of the team that invests in him to unlock all the gifts that he has, and. Um, Understand that, you know, it's it's probably not going to be a year one situation where you get this big impact player, which may not line up with where expectations will be for a top 20 pick if that's where he winds up going. I think with Lucas Van Ness, the reality is I'd like him, but I think somebody will pick him sooner than I would be comfortable picking him, and therefore he probably wouldn't be on my team. 
can you is this just edge defenders or is this defensive lineman given the fact that the NFL combine just smushes them all together? I have the the list courtesy of NFL.com listing the defensive linemen. So that's how okay. I'm going through it. Yeah. Very very good. Because I have an interior guy I want to ask you about. Is another guy in your range that I think a catapult to a stratosphere in which we've seen him in some mock drafts, but I certainly don't think we're we're mentally prepared for Kalijah Kansi to yeah. be a top twenty five selection. Yeah. Uh, what do you set the over under at on the forty or the ten yard split? And obviously, for defensive linemen, ten yard splits more important anyway. Yeah. So keep that context. But just just how good is this combine going to be? Here's here's the deal with Kalijah Kansi, and, and where I get a little bit nervous is if he's going to be one of those guys that adds weight to measure at a certain weight and then doesn't test. Right. Cause the thing with him is size. We, we know he's explosive. If I go to Bruce Feldman's uh, freaks list for 2022, Bruce lists him at six foot on the dot, 282 pounds uh, and says that he's going to run or he he's been clocking a four, six, nine, 40, 31 and a half inch vert and a bench press of 425. I think he's got a, I mean, is he going to be six foot? He'll probably have the weight in the two eighties because I, I think he knows that's important. But at the end of the day, I mean, you're talking about a really unique body composition and in, in a different way than Lucas Van Ness, I fear that somebody would be willing to draft him sooner than I would. And that'd be something I'd be comfortable with because I don't want to live in this world where I have a premium asset invested in a defensive tackle who's six foot, 282 pounds. We don't even know what his arm length is. And I think this is the cautionary tale for me is at Oliver and at Oliver, I think is a good starting three tech in the NFL, right? I think he is very legitimately a good starter in the NFL, but he's not a high impact guy or, or consistently high impact, like game changer that you would want with a top 10 pick. And especially when you measure him up against the other guys in that class, <clears throat> and that's Quinn and Williams, Christian Wilkins. So Quinn and Williams was picked before him. Then you have the players picked after him in Christian Wilkins, Jeffrey Simmons, Dexter Lawrence, who I think all four of those guys are better players and higher impact starters. And I think the Bills maybe ignored some of those positional thresholds that really matter and bought into a sub 32 inch arm defensive tackle that's in this 280s. It's really, really explosive. But at the end of the day, that should have been probably um, a like a differentiator, right? Like you should maybe have leaned into some of those other players because, well, they're big, they're athletic, they project as high impact players. And you kind of went for the bigger swing and you got a good player. You just didn't get a great player. Like maybe you could have, if you would have stayed true to what I think your normal thresholds are. Uh, can, can you not to go too far down the rabbit hole? With Ed Oliver, but it's it's a compelling talking point, and Cansey's obviously a, an interesting player in a defensive line class that has had Jalen Carter considered the, the top interior defensive lineman, and then after that, it's kind of no man's land, right? Yeah. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the front mechanics in Buffalo, and if there is a destination across the league? in which you think Ed Oliver's outcome might have been closer to what he was expected to be as a top 10 pick. Cause I think that, that, that can be a lesson for Kalijah Kansi for the teams that you're mocking him to, or, or where you want him to go. Well, I think Ed Oliver's best place to play is in a four, three defense as a three tech in a penetration style role. That's what he's been able to play. I think he's been in the, in the position that, serves him the best. So I'm not sure that we have an issue with fit. And like I said, I do think he's a good starter. I just don't think he's a high impact starter to the degree that you would want as a top 10 pick. And I don't, I don't know if things would be different if he played for a different team. I think that there's just some limitations with consistently clearing contact to finish. Like he's a disruptive player. He penetrates, 
He puts stress on guys. He makes plays behind the line of scrimmage. But I don't think at the volume that you want him to because at the end of the day, we're talking about sub 32 inch arms, lean mass, and consistently getting off blocks in, in the NFL is tough, um, especially for a guy that was a zero tech and a, you know, odd front defense at, at Houston, right? The, the jump was always pretty big, but I think, and we got four years of play from Matt Oliver to understand who he is. And I, I think it's just, I think with a guy like Kalijah Kansi, when I, I think Ed Oliver had better tape than Kalijah Kansi did. Um, so I think Oliver's a better prospect. And so I, I, I think he's a cautionary tale from how that body type translates, but also I do believe Ed Oliver was a better prospect than Kalijah Kansi. So I'm not touching him in the first round, but maybe somebody else will. <laughs> All, all of that to get there and say, okay, yeah, you know what? Uh, player I'm I'm watching carefully, cautiously, hopefully, because uh, he needs a little bit of positive momentum these days, is Isaiah Foskey. If Isaiah Foskey doesn't test well, after the mm-hmm. Senior Bowl experience and week being what it was, and obviously he came back to school and, and he set the, the program sack record, but one of his big objectives coming back was to be a more every down complimentary football player. And I think some of those questions on tape probably are still lingering for Isaiah Foskey. If it turns out that he's now a below average athlete from a testing perspective, I, I think it would be time to hit the the alarm button for for that forecast. And, and obviously the league's been lower on him. Well, Foskey was a, a staple of mock drafts through what the end of the college football regular season. Mm-hmm. And then we've kind of got more caught up with where the league is on him and predictive mock drafts are dropping him out. And then the senior bowl happened. And I don't think anybody's put him in the first round of a mock draft since it's um, he's one I'm going to have my eyes peeled for. And I'm hoping for good things. Cause Isaiah is obviously a really you know, hardworking individual upstanding football character. We've had a chance to speak with him and meet him before. And and we've shared our platform with him and I'm rooting for Isaiah Foskey, but negative momentum. He's got to do something to offset it. And I think this is a big week for him as a result. You know, the guy that we probably should have started with, and I know that I went first, so I'll take, I'll take blame for this is Mozzie Smith. uh, Defensive tackle. He can blow it up. Dude, he's supposed to, right? Number one guy on the freaks list for Bruce Feldman. 6'3", 300, at least 330 pounds. He might push 340. Um, he got 22 reps of 325. I mean, <laughs> bro, what does that mean Not for 225? Not 225, 325. My guy's that warming up he... with 225. Like, he shows up and there better be two plates on the bar on each side. He'll do 35 my... reps, pop it down, not break a sweat. Say, you know what? I'm not straining my pecs today, guys. You got 35. Let's call it a day. His close grip bench press is 550. What? That's dumb. Do you know Third... what that means? Do you know what that means? That means he can close grip bench press 550 pounds. God damn it, Joe. From a... <laughs> <laughs> what do you got? What do you got, doctor of kinesiology, Kyle Krabs? Uh, it's not a doctorate. Close grip, close grip bench is, is much more small muscle groups as compared to the wider your hands are set on the bar, the more pectoralis major recruitment you get on your bench press. Mm. So to be narrow grip, it's more front deltoids, pec minor, and triceps. So for him to push 550 on that is stupid. That is dumb. Come for the football talk. Stay for the uh, analysis on which muscles are recruited with the close You like bench. that? You like that? like that? Maybe Kyle could help me with my uh, American kettlebell swings that I'm struggling oh, with. Oh, yes, I can. Brother, we'll tell you the struggle's <laughs> real there. We won't go into that right now, but maybe yeah, pop, after. Your, pop your glutes, man. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, I got to get some strength there, you sir. Loosen your hinges. Don't have looseness in the hinges. Well, I, what's hard about kettlebell swings, we are going to go down the rabbit hole. Oh, what's God. Hard, what's hard about kettlebell swings is you need a finite amount of weight yeah. to do the movement correctly. Right, but if the way it, it you got to really trust the movement because if you don't trust the movement, then all the strain goes on your low back, and if you don't right. have that strength down there, brother, 
Then Where you were you bra- last night? You know? Where were you, Kyle? I got you. I you got you. You could have saved my ass. Sitting I could here dying. Like, holy crap, I can't get this 53 pounds to move. All right. Um <laughs> Meanwhile, Mozzie Smith's doing that 10 times yeah. over on close grip bench press, laying flat on his back. Right. So. <laughs> Vertical You're jump trying 30. to use every large muscle group in your body to swing 53 pounds, oh God, and he's doing 10x that with his three smallest it's muscle groups. Like I gave up. What is the is it the American kettlebell swing where it's over your head and the Russians eye level or whatever it is? I don't know what it is. I had the I had to scale. Um, 33 inch vert for this man, which is 33 for Mozzie. crazy. <laughs> Wait, it's, we're not done yet. Four four one shuttle time which would have been number one at the combine last year amongst defensive tackles. Six, nine, five, three cone. I have, I have a take. <laughs> yeah. Mozzie Smith's combine will be better in totality than Jordan Davis's oh, combine wow. last year. Wow. Now I'm not going to say he's going to run as fast in the 40, but quite frankly, I don't give a flying rip. What your flying 20 is. If you're Mozzie Smith, don't care. Or, or Jordan yeah. Davis. Everybody lost their minds at what Jordan Davis right. runs. Like, okay, at the end of the day, like, who cares? Right. So all of the meaningful tests, your lower body explosive scores, your agility scores, your 10-yard split, Mozzie Smith's going to be better across the board than Jordan Davis. Is he, and he's going to do it at, at, what did Jordan Davis weigh in at? 340? Yeah, something like Mozzie's that. Mozzie's going to be the same ballpark, guys. You, sir, are a Cleveland Brown. Put that to the Browns in the second round with their first pick. Mm. Can like we go higher? Like, like, can we be, let's, can, are we sleeping on Mozzie Smith as a first rounder? So, okay. So here's, here's the, the struggle right now. It is wide open for interior defensive linemen to get drafted in the first round. Like somebody's got to be IDL too, right? Correct. Who are the teams in the back eight picks? Because I don't think you're talking about Mozzie Smith going in the top 20, right? I don't uh, – you just uh, – Jordan, Jordan Davis was picked 14 or whatever he was. Right. I'm just saying Ma- – like, Mozzie might have out. more consistent tape too. Right, like I'm just – are we having a revelation here? But like, I mean, athletically very comparable – I don't know, I'm, man. Uh, I'm pulling up Tankathon NFL here for <laughs> I think he's I think he's a first round sleeper. Patriots. Mm. 14. Go in the same spot. <laughs> Maybe. Uh Green Bay. Oh. Are you kidding me? They they hadn't been able to stop the run in a hundred years. That'd be perfect. The, de- for the them. Detroit Lions at 18, another Michigan defensive lineman. Maybe so. Seattle at 20. Dude, I'm there's bro, Seattle at 20. That might be the, the Chargers at 22. Mozzie Smith's a first round. Mozzie rounder. Smith, you are a first round pick. <laughs> <laughs> right, like, like, we don't have to overcomplicate this. Is I think there's a path. There's there's good process that yes. leads to that conclusion. Yes. Well done, Joe. Well done. We're just talking about Miles Murphy, man. And not, not that I like I don't want to box you in, but like expected to run a four five five or whatever? Dude, yeah. He said that at the podium. I wouldn't put it past him, man. I the Trayvon Walker comp is real. I think he's a more flexible version of Trayvon Walker. Now you could say whatever you want for Trayvon Walker and what he was for the Jaguars and whether he should have yeah. gone number one overall over Aiden Hutchinson and Sauce Gardner or not. Like I don't care. Like you could say whatever you want. But if I just take Miles Murphy and I hold him up directly next to Trayvon Walker, Georgia dropped Walker into space a couple of times for what, like 20 reps across 15 games last year. Like who gives a rip there too? I'm trying my best to not have Chris slap the E tag on this thing. Um, But I think he corners better than Trayvon Walker when playing around contact and, and trying to squeeze the pocket. And he can play inside just like Trayvon. He can line up on the outside. He can line up at a two-point stance. The body type is comparable. The length is comparable. I have every expectation that this guy is going to come in very, very close. His mock draftable spider web chart 
Walker will be one of the eight guys on the left-hand side of the, of the page. <laughs> I bet it will. So Probably so. Probably so. I mean, if he runs in the four fives, I mean, you, you could probably pencil him in here. Top top t- 10 is the floor with Philly, right? Feels That feels like it to me. Because you, you would have Detroit at six. You'd have Seattle at five. You'd have Arizona at three. You'd have Atlanta at eight. And you'd have Philly at 10. Now, I'm not a math guy. But I feel like there's enough hurdles here that he would have to clear and that if he tests to that degree for a guy who just went number one overall last year, having the same style of resume, that this guy doesn't fall out of the top ten. When last year's class had more blue chip players at premier positions, still went number one overall. It's true. I feel like we should at least mention Keon White, the defensive lineman from Georgia Tech, who's been uh, yes. They've they've tagged him at like twenty one miles an hour on the radar at like two ninety three hundred pounds. So he should do some fun things. You want to get to linebackers here? Or anything else you yeah, want to touch on? We can do this all day, right? We 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 can we can. Um, I feel like Chris Evans there. Little old runt in the Brooklyn back alleys, wiping the blood off his chin. I could do this all day, or Captain the, America. Or the, or the scene in um, what is it, Endgame? Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. When he's fighting the other version of himself, Infinity right, War. Right. Yeah, 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 I know. That was my favorite part of Captain America because I just think that character is so insufferable in general with the righteousness of it. And it was very self-aware in the last couple yeah, of movies, the, the, and I appreciate the self-aware it. and self-deprecating piece of that commentary of fighting the older more buttoned up version of himself i, I had fun with so yeah uh joe linebackers sorry i know we we did the marble thing there no you're good i i think whenever you say chris evans i think of <clears throat> the michigan, the michigan, former michigan running yeah, back. but also also wasn't chris evans uh and i gosh i could be wrong about this wasn't he in the fantastic four yeah which is also part of the mcu so he's played two characters Two separate that, characters. Wait, the MCU. Which one's that? Is this a new division? Is that the, the, the Mar- DC? Mar- Marvel Comics Universe. So that's the Avengers. and So he's Captain an Avenger. Well, this well guy, hold on. This hold guy's on. two different Avengers. I, I need to. Okay. There's a lot that we need to clean up there. It's the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe. That's what MCU stands for, not Marvel <laughs> Comic Universe. Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, Okay. And and Joe, the X Men are not considered Avengers, so no, that would be that would be incorrect. The Fantastic Four is not X Men. The Human Sorry. Torch is not an X Man. Why Sorry. don't you clean your own stuff up? Sorry, the yeah, fa- Chris. The what Fantastic the Four. The Fantastic Four, not it doesn't Avengers. Matter if you have one ass cheek and three toes, I will beat your ass. So wait, wait, wait. Is the Fantastic Four <laughs> part of the Avengers? The Fantastic- is he there with Iron. No, isn't there, isn't there a variation of the Fantastic Four where, or you do guys they just join forces? Figure it out. Come on now. Like anytime there's a big bad that they all have to fight, don't they all come together like the X-Men and the Avengers and the Fantastic Four and like the whole spiel? Like, isn't that what they're building to with this whole like fifth stage Kang the Conqueror build up? Isn't that kind of what they're they're because they're getting ready to introduce mutants and bring X-Men into the the canon of the MCU and according to the Google, the fantastic, the Google, you is old a group man. of superheroes consisting yes. of four members. Correct. A word. I don't know by cosmic radiation. They often assist the Avengers. Okay. In various battles against villains and are often fought by Dr. Doom. Why'd you say it like that? Which again, goes back to the thing <laughs> that they are Dr. not, Doom. they're not Avengers. Marvel's Marvel outlines phase six with a fantastic four. Well, these, these guys are coming. Yeah, they're, they're the Avengers. Coming. The Kang dynasty, May 2nd, 2025. Mark your calendars. That's going to get pushed. They're going to no, push I'm, that back. I'm counting on it. I'm making my plans. Right they, now. They've just put out turd after turd lately. You feel like they're going to push it. Uh-huh. Try to All right, it let's, right. uh, shall we get back to the comment? Oh, why are you calling me? I'm right. Um, I think this is, 
yeah, yeah. I guess Will Anderson's part of the linebackers, Kyle. Yeah, it's lame. But can we let's the combine and its meaning for Will Anderson, who was number one overall player forever, and now it's like, is it Jalen Carter? Is it a is somebody gonna pick a quarterback? How important is this for Will Anderson from a measurables, both physically and athletically? Say it again. How important is the combine for Will Anderson? It's non-influential in my mind. Well, he can't bomb it. Right. I don't know. It. Um, he's one of those guys where it feels like the tape is the tape. Right. He's the top defensive player. He might not get drafted in front of quarterbacks. But if he's not drafted in front of quarterbacks. He has been a consensus number one overall candidate and the top defensive player on, on many people's boards this entire time. I think as long as he doesn't run a five two. If he doesn't post Kyle Krabs numbers at the combine, he's going to be fine. Faster 40 than Tom Brady. I was there. I do. It's true. It's true. Yeah. By one one hundredth of a second, but that's neither here nor there. Hey, faster than Tom Brady. Fellow cat owner Tom Brady, by the way. Stand up comedian Tom Brady. Yeah. Those are the that's how I identify that's when I think of Tom Brady, I think of cats and stand up comedy. Joe, I do owe you an apology. Oh. Um I had seen Ian Rappaport had shared a tweet with a quote from Aaron Rodgers in the darkness retreat and I didn't know if his decision was announced as a part of whatever podcast he went on yesterday or whatever. I don't know if Chris, you saw this. So the the quote doesn't say anything. And I feel like that in general is the theme of this entire thing is it didn't say anything was <laughs> all of the answers are right inside of me. And I touched many of them and definitely the feelings on both sides during the darkness. I, I just, I, I can't have this guy as my quarterback. I just can't. I, I'm just, <laughs> I, I just can't do it. No, neither neither one of you guys watch Yellowstone, so I can't even make this next reference. You can. For, we make we make references for, you don't get all the time. For for those of you who do watch Yellowstone and are listening to this podcast, comparing the darkness retreat for Aaron Rodgers to Casey's like vision thing that he went and did in isolation and all that, like feels very similar to me. <laughs> All right, I don't know why I'm getting a clap. Maybe because I made a pop culture reference that you guys think is actually true. I appreciate that. Um, you know what linebacker I think has a lot lot riding on his combine performance is Jack Campbell. Linebacker from Iowa who, big dude, you know, going to be over 240 pounds, might be like 6'4", 6'5". Really good downhill player. Um, like his physicality in the line of scrimmage, but like didn't get – asked to cover a lot of ground at Iowa in coverage. And I'm anxious to kind of get a feel for his athleticism because I think he has a chance to really solidify himself as one of the first few linebackers off the board. Um, because I'm not sure that there's a super clean linebacker, right? Like, I don't know that there's a, you feel like you got to do everything guy like you did with a Roquan Smith, right? Like just can do anything that you want. So, Campbell, I think showing some athleticism is going to be important for him, potentially being one of the first two or three backers off the board. You think he could be that high up? Yeah, I do. A top three linebacker in this class? Yeah. It feels like Drew Sanders is going to be one of those three. And then who? Well, who, Drew, who San are you Drew Sanders says yesterday that some people are asking him to play on the edge. He's getting asked about playing I would on the understand edge. based on the way he played. He's not a super clean projection. Diane Henley's going to test out of his mind. I'm sure that'll right. That that's the big him. mystery for me is Jack Campbell is a traditional stack backer versus some of the guys who are a little bit more dynamic and can move in space and beat coverage and, and passing down linebackers. Whether you include Drew Sanders in there because he can rush the passer or Trenton Simpson because he can rush the passer and Diane Henley, who's a former safety slash former wide receiver. That for me is the the fascinating storyline is how do you, how do those guys get drafted versus your traditional stack backer types like a Noah Sewell, like a Jack Campbell. I won't put Henry Toto in that discussion. 
or in that bucket, I should say. But uh, it's a fascinating group in 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 totality. Trenton Simpson's going to be interesting, the Clemson linebacker. He's going to test well. He's super athletic. We know that. He's not going to answer any questions at the combine about his processing speed and what he can actually handle. So that's what's going to be like an important, you know, you say don't count it twice, right? Right. I think that's important to know. Like we know Trenton Simpson's really athletic. Doesn't give me any clarity on his tape. Um, who gets drafted first? Cam Jones from Indiana or Owen Popo from Auburn? <laughs> I guess I'll go with Cam Jones because I have an exposure at the Senior Bowl that is Good. pretty favorable for me. Yeah. yeah, and Papo's been quiet, right? Like we haven't heard. He, uh, he, he's it. apparently going to test crazy. Like him and Dorian Williams are apparently going to test really Man. well. That surprises me with Dorian Williams, man. Guy cannot clear contact for anything. Henry Toloto is another guy, a lot riding on this. We've heard a lot of concerns about his athletic profile. Smart football player, physical, liked his tape at Alabama, but if he tests where we've heard some of the rumors he could test, that's going to be a problem. Go go ahead and, and don't draft him in the same way that we've just watched backers like TJ Edwards get underdrafted because they're not good athletes and watch these guys who are incredibly instinctual players is linebacker linebackers, the spot, right? We've talked about athletic profiles and clearing floors and all that kind of stuff. Is there a spot for you to, is there a better spot defensively in the NFL for you to make a living in spite of being a lower tier athlete, but being incredibly instinctual than at the linebacker position. You got a chance, man, to, to stick as a reserve. And like, those guys are always really good on teams, not just covering kicks and punts, but like the blocking component of kick return, punt return. Like you could stick. Like Jack Sanborn just went undrafted. Yeah. And big surprise. He's, He's an impactful football player for the Bears. He ends up being their starter at the end of the year because he's super smart, despite the fact that he had a below average athletic profile for an NFL linebacker. Dude, we're, we're going to watch Zach Thomas get inducted in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He was a UDFA build at the linebacker position who had Luke Keekley's brain. That's think, my, that's my comment for right Zach time. Thomas. He played at the right time, Zach Thomas, right? Yeah. I think a lot of guys, it's true for a lot of guys. It's not a slight on Zach Thomas, but like his timing was really good. No, I mean, no, nobody's going to watch Zach Thomas on tape or nobody's going to look at Zach Thomas's measurables and say, wow, like once in a generation athlete, but yeah, he gets the credit, the same credit that Luke Keekley gets. And some of these other like elite linebackers get for their calling out like 60% of your plays. Like he was doing that against Brady and Manning and like all of those guys went to bat and endorsed him as a Hall of Fame caliber player because of his football mind. And it's just, you you, you can't do that at corner, right? Your mind can't cover for being a below average athlete on the perimeter playing corner in the NFL. So instincts like, go ahead. You want to drop Henry toe-toe because he doesn't test great. Go ahead. Like I'll still want him on my team 10 times out of 10. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, you know who's uh you mentioned Luke Keekley. You know who's training with Luke Keekley? No. Jack Campbell. Oh. Yeah, yeah. you're you're big on the Jack Campbell train, huh? It's gonna gonna be a Bills pick in the second round, probably, right? So I'm just Jack Campbell and uh Ben Johnson, baby. Ben Johnson. These are guys who stand. Oh Jack the, Campbell I, and I, Ben Johnson. He, I don't know if I stand Jack Campbell. He's a likable player. So you've just resided yourself to the fact that he's going to be their Tremaine Edmonds replacement. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe he will. What are you being all shit-eating grin about it right now? Just I want Tremaine. I'd like Tremaine Edmonds. I don't know. More than anything, I'd like Tremaine Edmonds to be the Bills middle linebacker, but you know, I don't get to pick those things. So all right, so let's get to defensive backs. This is uh, especially with the corners, man. This is where it matters. This is a stopwatch position. Kyle's shaking his head. Dumb. 
dumb positional breakdown here to just put all the DBs in together. It's dumb. Can we get some safeties and corners, please? Nah, dude. Let's just have one massive group and lump them all together. It's that's how we do it. DB with the most a game. Mm. Sydney Brown, Illinois. You think he's still the most a game after yeah. what he did last year? Yeah, month? but I, I think I, I maybe he has the most to lose, right? Like, because I think there's some athletic concerns there. And you'll worry about the translatability of some of those high level moments if he doesn't test well. I think he's got, a, I think he's got, a, he probably has the most to lose, but he has to validate it. But I think in some ways that means he has the most to gain. Most to gain. Jalen Johnson pops for me. Uh, Texas A&M corner. Some up and down moments on tape over the last couple of seasons, but like he's going to show up well. You know, I, I wanted that. I think they test on Friday night or Friday afternoon or whatever it is. I right. think that he's going to. Like, if you test well at corner, it just moves the needle. He's former five-star, played in the SEC. I think he's a guy that can really elevate himself if he does what I think he can do. How about Brandon Hill? Yes, absolutely. Pittsburgh safety. We've heard the GPS timing is really good there. Yeah. We've heard the numbers are good. Doesn't necessarily always play to it because he plays very controlled, patient, instinctual style of football. Mm Mm-hmm. But if he um, if he puts good numbers up, I, I I think people will be willing to overlook some of the lack of ball production, which I know is one of the big knocks on him is just making plays on the ball as a safety. But with all the too high safety stuff that's going around the NFL right now, and and his instincts and how he spaces the back end, talk to some people that really really like him uh, as like a top one hundred kind of player, and, and we were impressed when we checked him out. So that's a name for me that like. If he if he legitimizes that with testing, I, I think you could suddenly get into a conversation where this might be like a top six safety in the class, and that's just arbitrarily off the top of my head. Yeah. So don't don't kill me if that's not accurate, but that feels accurate off the top of my head. I wonder about Keely Ringo, the Georgia corner, Keely, and what type me. of hype is generated based on what he's going to do. Because, like, he's definitely faded. It was, you know, preseason mock drafts, this guy's the first corner, right? There's that. That's just how it was. Now it's more likely that you don't see him mocked in the first round. Well, what's going to happen when he shows up at 6'2", somewhere 215, um, runs in the four threes, probably jumps out of the building? Like, is there going to be some renewed hype there? I think that's a, a strong possibility. Probably, but I think in the same way that we've talked about Trenton Simpson, none of the concerns with Keely Ringo get alleviated by him confirming what we already thought that we knew and him being an elite tester, right? Sure, but I think inevitably with both players, I think they're going to come out of Indy with, quote air quotes, hype, at least in the media realm. I think there's going to be an urgent, uh, an urge or a nudge to, oh boy, we better get these guys in our first rounds again. I just don't, I just don't know that the numbers are going to back it anyway, right? Like you, you might get like the 50-50 incidents of of Ringo, where kind of now it's it's who it's Cam Smith, it's kind of the guy that half the time is in, half the time is out. Mm-hmm. Clark maybe, Phillips, yeah, maybe Ringo takes one of their spots. He's, he's definitely going to test better than both of those guys. And the height, weight, speed dynamic is obviously very real. There. How about Jair Brown? Safety from Penn State. Make sure I get the, the position and school in there before you have a chance to come in over the top and correct me. But somebody just said, was it DJ? Just said this was his top safety in the class. Mm-hmm. And some of that is because he considers Brian Branch to be a corner. But I tell you what, I didn't see the top safety in the class. <laughs> I have very real athletic profile concerns for Jair Brown. Jair Brown also like weirdly like accepted to the senior bowl and then accepted to the shrine and then went back to senior bowl and then ended up not going to either event. We found out he was DJ's top safety and said, I'm good. Right. 
<laughs> what, what do I'm I taking do? care of everything I need to do here, right? <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> um, he's a very physical player. Uh, transferred from Lackawanna College along with uh, Jaquan Brisker. He, you know, he followed the same pipeline as Brisker to Penn State. Brisker gets drafted top fifty. Um, I don't think Brown is the athlete that Brisker is. Uh, I don't think he has the stature that Brisker has. So I, I'll just be very, very fascinated to get the full body of work there because if he comes in and he tests well, I'm going to have to go back to the tape and ask myself some pretty hard questions on what I thought I saw versus what I actually saw. <laughs> but uh, uh, I am not there with the hype on Jared Brown. And if he can test well, maybe he makes me eat some crow, go back to the tape and, and reassess what I thought I saw. Hmm. I just uh, saw something here about Sidney Brown where he clocked 22.4 miles per hour on the GPS in the 22.4. So, I'm thinking maybe he's going to be just fine. I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back, right? Keanu, Keanu Reeves from uh, John Wick. I'm thinking I'm back. I, Sydney Brown, Sydney Brown's going to be a top 32 player for me when it's all said and done. He's just every, every bit of information we get more. You love the tape. You love the demeanor. You had questions about how he was used at Illinois for, they put him on tight ends. Well, he goes to senior bowl and he covers all the slot guys including tight ends. And now all of a sudden the guy's clocking 22 miles an hour on the GPS time. Just sweep me off my feet, dude. Sweep me off my feet. I stand. He can do no wrong. When you think Keanu Reeves, what, what movie, what's like the, the movie, the for replacements. That, is it? I, I wanted to say Shane that, but Falco. It's, speed, it's speed for me. Mm. Remember speed? I did remember speed. Yeah. Sure, you got a uh, Keanu, Keanu Reeves, Reeves Impulse, Word Association, boom, what's the one? Yeah, I've never seen any of the movies, but how can you not say The Matrix? I don't know, because that's not what we said. Is he in that? I didn't know he was in that. He, uh, Come on, Joe. He's Neo. He's the main character. Do you think I've seen The Matrix? Uh, it does not strike me as your kind of film. No, yeah, no, no, I'm not, I'm not seeing this. Um, objectively, kind of like a bad actor, right? no whoa so he so he he got he got the stigma of like the corny action flick that doesn't require a lot of talent right so you could see i'm stuck in speed this man's done a lot of other things that i've not been keanu reeves and nicholas cage follow uh, the same trajectory in terms of how they're viewed by other people really i think nicholas cage is much better than keanu reeves have Mm. you seen national treasure Name, name the last good Nicolas Cage movie, though. Oh, <laughs> he's been no. The problem is he right. he sold his soul to the devil and started doing some really corny movies. He did uh, like but, the one where he plays himself being famous. Yeah, uh, you mean the unbearable weight of massive talent, which was yes. just recently released. Yes, yeah, yikes. Yeah. He did that but one th- where like he he was in like the the Chuck E. Cheese and all the machines came alive at night. They were like murderous oh, monsters and stuff. Oh, Willie's Wonderland. Yeah. 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 Like th- that's what Nick Cage is doing these days. But when I think of Nick Cage, I think I said, put the bunny in the box. Con air. Anybody? Great. That's not, that's not the proper Nick Cage film. That's my favorite one. I mean, my personal favorite Nick Cage film is next. That is also not the proper Nick Cage. Are you going to say Face Off? I am not going to say Face Off. You're going to say Ghost Rider? I am not going to say Ghost Rider. Are you going to say Gone in 60 Seconds? I am not going to say Gone in 60 Seconds. These Good are choice. All, these are, this choice. is a testament to Nick Cage's legacy. That, <laughs> keep going. The, are you going to say The Rock? I am going to say okay. The Rock. Yeah, the Rock is excellent. The Rock is a freaking yeah. awesome film. Excellent. And it's got that's got Ed Harris in it, too. Ed Harris is a good actor, too. Yeah, he is. Connery, Ed Harris, and Nick Cage. Are you kidding Sean me? Connery. Sean I think Connery. you I, yeah, I knew you had it. I knew you had it in you. A lot Sean of people like Spice. like leaving Las Vegas uh, as a you know old school Nick Cage, people like that. So Matchstick Men, not that good, by the way. Uh anything anything else we want to get to here on the combine here? Uh defensive preview. Um, Excited for Christian Gonzalez to staple himself in his CB1. Yeah, he's going to do stupid stuff, right? Do you see what Brentley had on 
from a, a source of good authority. And of course, Brentley mm-hmm. went to, to Oregon. So he's he's gonna know some people that's that are have a good gonna have a good expectation of what Christian Gonzalez is gonna do. Yeah, I'm excited for it. He's he's gonna jump and fly and he's got good tape and the ball skill showed up this year. And um yeah, I think we got a good chance of him being C B one and leaving Indy with no doubt of that. Hey, how much can Eli Ricks help himself? Oh, he can. He can. I mean, he just really since 2020, it's not been good for him, but 2020 was good. Um, so yeah, showing the athleticism is going to be big if he's if he's got it. Anything else? Don't be small and slow. Don't be small and slow. It's great advice for DBs. <laughs> Effectively, anybody at the end of really combine, anybody, right? Yeah. I mean, kickers can get away with it. Punters can get away with it. But you know? Like not even long snappers can get away with it. Don't be small and slow. Don't be small and slow. No. Nope. Clear eyes, full heart, can't lose. NFL Combine 2023. Kyle Krabs, Joe Mario, Chris Schubert. This is going to do it for today's episode of the show. We hope you have a great rest of your day. Come back, see us again tomorrow as we bring this week to a close. Thanks for being here for another episode of the Draft Dudes Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. While you are at it, help the dudes out by leaving a rating and review. Want more? Head over to www.thedraftnetwork.com or follow us at The Draft Network on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.